What's going on guys? Welcome back to The Break Room. Make sure to punch your ticket and clock out. Today's the first episode of my brand new investing series with my boy Zach Cassio, The Pre-Market Roast. We're going to be coming at you guys every Monday from 8.30 to 9, giving you guys top five stocks for the week that you can check into, look into, and make some money on. Um, these are our own opinions due to our own research. I also want to briefly apologize for my audio quality. I forgot to plug in my microphone, but hope you guys enjoy and we'll catch you guys every Monday. Peace. What's going on? What's going on, guys? Uh, this is the first episode of the Pre-Market Roast with me and Zachary Cassio himself. We're just going to be talking shit about stocks, uh, some plays for the week, some five stocks maybe you guys can make some money off. Quick disclaimer, these are all our opinions. These are all our due diligence and research. Do your own research. And if you want, make some money. If you don't, just listen and have a good time. <sighs> what do we got, brother? What do we got for today? Memorial Day. There's no trading. What are you thinking? Yeah, that's actually good. So we have another extra day to get some keen insight for the week coming up. I got a few on the watch list I'm looking for this coming week. I'm going to start it off probably with Menlo Therapeutics. I'm a big biofarm type of person. I like to get into the bio stocks because I feel like there's way more plays to be made based off of dates, phase trials. There's just a lot more catalysts involved. Let's give them the ticket symbol for that. Ticket symbol will be M. N L O. So Menlo, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, is that is that the uh, biopharmaceutical stock that's awaiting the FDA approval on June second? They are, yeah. They operate in the biopharmaceutical company, which is focused on the development and commercialization of serlopidin for the treatment of puritus or itch associated with dermatologic conditions such as atopic dermatitis. So they're a big dermatology company. They're actually leading in that market right now. And, and the new drug that they're coming out with that has FDA approval date on June 2nd, a.k.a. the PDUFA date, that's what they call it, when uh, they either approve or disprove the, the treatment to the market. What I've started to learn is as it builds up to the PDUFA date, they start to run up. They run up to anticipate what the, the sales are going to be. Yeah. So they start to factor in that pricing and, and the new let me look up exactly what the what it's called. But and I mean we've we've been noticing this trend for a little bit. I mean me and Zach have been following uh, you know biofarm stocks since we started trading, you know, back in early twenty nineteen, um, and in twenty eighteen and you know, there's always a trend right right when uh, having having the FDA look at your look at your shit is a, is a catalyst in itself. So that kind of acts as, okay, you know, somebody's gonna judge us. That could either be a positive if if you know good good information has come out regarding their trials, their successes, you know, any data. Exactly, um, yeah. It's always it's always kind of a trend that it's gonna run up. Um, and usually the deciding factor if it, if it continues to go up is the FDA date. Now. We've noticed that the pre-approval run is probably the most beneficial and where you can make your most money, because really that on the you don't even have to worry about whether or not it's going to get approved or not. Exactly on the date of approval, it could really go hit or miss. It could go either way. So we recommend exactly look at stocks that are approaching approaching the um, the FDA approval and make plays on those. And just to just to elaborate, and I think Zach would agree on this. A lot of these trades that we're going to talk about are either for those of you that are day trading or those of you that are swing trading. These aren't 
long-term hold stocks. Um, we will probably get into some stocks, uh, maybe even specifically in the biopharmaceutical sector that we personally believe have a good future or that could be worth a lot more in the future. But most of them are just going to be swing trades where you can just get in, get in at the right time and get out after the catalyst expires and make yourself a few dollars just to clear that up. Yeah. And so right now their current enterprise valuation, so what their company is worth in terms of book value is around $215 million. And it's sitting around 220, 230 a share right now. And in order for it to even drop a dollar in total, so you practically lose half your money, they have to lose over 150 million in operating expenses. So if you think about the likelihood of them losing 150 million operating expenses anytime soon is very unlikely. So and if they do get this to the market, they're gonna have a potential for gaining around three, 400 million in sales every year, which will easily boost their price at least one or $2. So that's why we get in early so we can ride up the potential wave of people valuing or adding in the valuation of those estimated sales. Cause that on it, that in itself will make the stock rise. If it ends up getting FDA approved, it'll rise even more. Cause then, you know, it's a for sure thing. But the thing is, is with playing it pre PDUFA date, it's a lot less downside risk. And it's, it's, it's better for swing traders who don't have 25,000 who can easily buy and, and sell on the same day. It's, it's a lot easier to buy and, and hold and not worry about it for at least a week and then just watch it slowly go up. And most of you are probably going to be swing trading because, you know, having 25,000 accessible just to, you know, it's pretty difficult. You know, only a few of us, <clears throat> only a few of us have the luxury. Um, but just to give some chart analysis over here, since uh, September of 2019, so pre-COVID time, um, MNLO has been trading from the eights and even reached its highest in January of 2019. It reached $11.80, and you know, as everything else did with the COVID, it severely dropped in the marches in the months of February and March. Excuse my phone. Um, and it. It fell with everything else. Everything fell on this time. With, with every other stock and reached yeah, a low yeah. dollar and six. And since then, it's really been on an uptrend. So I think that this has really good potential with, you know, the the approval that it's on and the pre-approval. And it also hasn't gone up much. So there's a lot of, a lot of upside. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's only at $2.30 now and, and it's low. Was it, a, it it didn't go under a dollar, which is, which is great. So, I mean, anything else to add, Zach? Uh, no, I think I'm good on that one. I think I'm going to transition over to Coty, C-O-T-Y. This is a uh, actually a beauty company. They they actually bought out a majority stake in, in Kylie's Cosmetics. And I think probably everyone listening knows who Kylie Jenner is. But they just, this company, Coty, just now launched Kylie's Cosmetics in Europe, which is probably the second biggest cosmetic market in the whole world is Europe. So, and didn't they also just to add into that? Didn't haven't they been carrying the Kylie cosmetic products in America? But they just, just to more specifically, they they launched Kylie's skin in Europe. Yeah. So they used to have. They just bought up Kylie's skincare products. I'd say almost. I'd say six months ago they bought them up, 
And right when they did that, they were trading in the tens, as we're saying. And, and right now, guys, the stock's only at 385. It just hit like the almost five, actually, yeah, it hit the five year low last week at 330, a little bit lower than that. And it's only at 385 right now. So there is so much, I repeat, so much upside upside potential in this stock especially with the fact that they just came out with kylie's cosmetics in europe and here's another big market they actually reached their low of three dollars and 25 cents and back in uh november of 2019 they were at a high of 13 dollars and five cents so i mean the upside in this is that as we all know kylie jenner was I, I believe, according to Forbes, the youngest billionaire. So just from that, I mean, the income that that company's producing is is large. Every teenage girl wants to buy Kylie this, Kylie that, makeup, skin products, exactly. whatever it may be. And just expanding that market to a whole other continent will just bring in so much money. And especially with the whole Kylie skin, I mean, maybe some people aren't. I know every girl isn't big on makeup, but skincare in itself and, you know, Skin skincare for everybody, I think, is is pretty a pretty big market. So this going oh, to Europe definitely. could easily. I see I see this price target on this maybe by the end of the summer around the sixes or sevens. Oh, at I'm least. Being honest. Yeah, and then I mean the cosmetic industry as a whole in in the world is about a five hundred plus billion a year industry, which is which is alarming considering that right now there is not much sales being made because everything's being shut down. But recently, I mean, people listening to this probably know we are in Florida and I mean, we're one of the first States to open up and get everything back and going. I mean, it's definitely not what it used to be yet still, but I mean, I went over to uh, somewhere on North Lake and I saw how there a lot of normal everyday shops are open again and people were waiting out in line to get in socially distanced, of course, but I mean, at least people are out there shopping. So the demand that's pent up over time is, is huge. And we should probably see that it definitely in the next few upcoming financial reports. I mean, and, and even that, that with everything open up, you know, especially in Florida and other states, you know, California, New York is still start, you know, struggling a little bit, but you know, as they start to open up, you know, the, the main hubs of, of commercial uh, production, um, I mean, even like you said, Zach, I mean, we were, we were on North Lake, we went to Publix, you know, our local supermarket, we didn't, we didn't have masks on. And honestly, it was, it was completely fine. Didn't see any, 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 anything odd. So yeah, exactly. you know, as everything starts to open up, we, we will begin to see, you know, another, the growth in the economy. A lot of people are speculating the other drop while compared to a lot of other people are speculating that during the summer, this is kind of going to fade away, usually like the flu does. But all the time will tell. But this, these are all, you know, products and, and companies that we believe, you know, could be on track or currently continue to ride their up wave that they've been on. Very true. Yeah. The, the big thing about Cody here, guys, is that that Ky the fact that they're launching Kylie's products in Europe. I mean, I'll, I'll reiterate, this came out only, I think, on Friday it came out, right before it closed on the weekend. So this is definitely one of the first days that that this stock has actually had a positive catalyst to start an uptrend and if anything this is the best possible catalyst it could have been so that's that that's a big play on cody guys and then i think the third one we're going to go to here is uh vecto iq ticket symbol vtiq 
Yeah, VTIQ is a ticket symbol here. Now, this company, guys, it's almost like a blank check company. This actually Vecto IQ, which means they're associated with the merging of companies together. And, and they kind of help in the process and, and all the, the paperwork, the documentation, all that good stuff. And they're actually going to be merging with this company, Nicola. And, and the VTIQ ticker symbol is going to change to NKLA. NKLA, God, that's a tongue twister there, eh? Anyways, they're going to be coming out with, they have apparently already 14,000 orders for their brand new hydrogen fuel cell semi-trucks, which I've been reading into the fuel cell industry for almost since I've started. I think it was actually the first company I ever traded in was this fuel cell energy company back in late 2018, early 2019. And it could definitely be the new possibility of energy for the semi-truck industry because of how much pollution that they cause on its own. Just the transportation industry in general. I mean, the amount of cargo that you see, you know, those those 18 wheelers, those semis carrying, I mean, you see them everywhere when, when you're on the freeway, you see them everywhere when you're driving. I mean, it's yep. such a big market. You see them at the rest stops. You see probably 20 of them lined up resting for the day. And I mean, just to elaborate on that, Zach, I mean, the, the climate and the environmental impact that that could have on the, you know, on the world is, is great as term as the cost effective. I mean, it's probably cheaper than exactly. you know, filling up those, those semis every what, three hours. Exactly. And then the thing is with, um, with the semi-truck industry is if you make the batteries last long enough to practically then be able to drive 12 to 14 hours a day and then get the rest of their time sleeping at a, you know, how you see sometimes them pulled over at rest stop areas yeah. in those parking lot spaces that are extra big. I mean, the goal here is for them to have charging stations for these hydrogen fuel cells. So then right when they come in they go to bed, they can put their semi on the charger they wake up, no money is spent, they get on their way and they're reducing emissions. And, and I don't know if you guys know, but by 2050, the US economy is supposed to have, I think, cut their emissions almost by 90%. So it, it's a legit thing. They're gonna have to do this sooner or later. And this is in, in Anheuser-Busch who owns Bud Light, Budweiser, I think Coors Light, Michelob Ultra, a lot of the big big beer companies, they're a company that has already put out 14,000 orders of these semi-trucks, which are going to bring in revenue close to $10 billion within the next few years. And it's going to bring companies to follow suit. I mean, if Anheuser-Busch is already doing that, what restricts, you know, co water companies, you know, Zephyr Hill, Coca-Cola, Coca Pepsi. This this is honestly like Zach said. This is this is a blank check company, and right now, I mean, back in before COVID, it was trading around ten dollars. Um, nothing, you know, no really news came out. Uh, had a light spike in February, up to fifteen dollars, and since then, since the you know announcement of the potential mer merger with Nicola, it's shot up and reached its high of thirty dollars and fifty five cents. Uh, right now it's sitting at 26 and now it's just sitting comfortably at 26 and um with a real upside here i mean this this easily this merger 
could change how transport how transportation of products goods is is viewed in in America and even worldwide. I mean, you see even bigger companies, for example, and I'll just tie this in. This isn't one of the companies we're recommending, but I mean, Tesla itself, Elon Musk is even trying to make his electric semis, and there's no doubt if you know the the Anheuser Busch acquisition with the fourteen thousand uh, trucks, and you know if more people start following suit. I don't see any reason why Elon would just save his capital, start focusing on other things in terms of, you know, the roadster, his cars, cyber rockets, and just kind of help them out and, and encourage something like that. Because for one, his goal is to make everything efficient. And that's what they're doing over here. And he wants to get to Mars. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, what's, what's not good with saving money. So they're really these guys are really vector iq is really a step ahead um and i think you know thanks zach brought actually brought this to you know to my eyes i'd, I'd never heard of it before but this i'm gonna give this the star of the week um this is something that you guys really got to look out for and you know keep keep on your keep on your mind and i'll just say this is a little bit more of a swing this isn't just a swing and i think zach you would agree with me Keep it on your watch list. list. Keep it on your watch list because maybe by the end of the year, and Zach, I'll, I'll ask you the same thing. What what would you give this as a price target for the end of the year? If the merger goes in, goes through in June, like they had previously said so, and are anticipating, I could easily see this becoming a fifty plus dollar company per share because not not only because of the upside potential they have with their orders they already have incoming and at 10 billion in revenue that in itself 10 billion in two years there aren't many stocks on the market that are revenue that have revenue of 10 billion in two years so the stocks that do are usually even 100 plus let alone 50 plus so that's what we got to keep an eye out guys just to see whether or not i mean if there's a big drop in this company and there's no bad news I would definitely suggest getting in because it, I don't think it's going to drop much lower than it is right now. By the end of the year, I was going to give it a price target around the same thing. I was going to give it around maybe the close to 45. I, I was given that, that estimate just because we don't know for sure. You know, there, there, things happen in terms of mergers, but if everything continues to look on track, like Zach said, I don't know why this shouldn't be pushing over 50 and even 60 in 2021. Exactly. And the, the actually the guy who came out and, and created that Vecto IQ company and started working with Nicole, he's actually General Electric's vice president chairman. So he, he's a big deal. He knows the the energy business. He's been in it for quite some time. And I think he made a really smart early move with this Nicola company trying to acquire them because they do seem like they would be the next big semi truck producer. All right, guys, and I'm going to move on to the fourth stock of the week to look out for. Now, me and Zach have, you know, we've been talking about this stock for a little bit. I've really been on this stock's ass and, you know, kind of just waiting out for it. But I'm talking about Microvision. The ticket symbol is MVIS. Now, a little bit about Microvision. They create technology with uh, lasers and screening that they actually have about 20 patents and their main uh, user of those patents is actually Microsoft. Now Microsoft uses the Microvision technology in their laptops, in their tablets, and as a rumor and even some smart glasses that have been rumored to be coming out in 2021. 
Now, Microvision is currently sitting at 97 cents and they have been fluctuating from the low 80s even reaching a dollar and 33 cents due to these rumors of a actual Microsoft buyout. Now, Zach, I know I've been I've been chirping this up your tree for a while. Give me your intake on this. Yeah, I mean, Microvision itself is definitely a great company. And, and recently, I mean, they made this jump from like the I think they were even below 50 cents a share and they made this jump to almost like 120, 130 and, and they really haven't dropped below 70 cents since. So they've been holding this new level for about two weeks now, which means a good amount of people bought in and are still holding for that potential next level of upside gains. And, and the potential for Microsoft buying them out is definitely there. I mean, there would be a lot more money made if Microsoft would do it because Microsoft wouldn't have to pay them yearly for their patents to be used. So they'd not only save capital, but I mean, when you're thinking about Microsoft, I mean, they have so much money, they can spend a lot of money on stuff like patents every year and still not have to worry about if they do acquire it, what they just spent all that money on acquiring isn't end up going to be, it isn't going to be a trend. And I think that's why right now, there's a lot of speculation and it hasn't been confirmed is because it might be, I, I don't know much about the, the laser or the, what are they? The, it's pretty much laser VR. screening tech. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much laser screening that's used for virtual reality. And also yeah. they, they've been using it uh, in their computers. I mean, I have seen a lot more videos of people using them at home. I mean, I've mostly seen funny videos where people like end up breaking their TVs because they can't even see where they are. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm personally not big into them because I, I get dizzy when I'm going in and looking in like a laser screen like that right next to your eyes. So, I mean, but there's definitely a market there for it. There is definitely a huge potential buyout coming for them just because it would save Microsoft so much money in the long run if VR headsets did become more prevalent in society, which, I mean, concerning when I was in high school, I actually did use one. I actually, I don't know if I use one. I know I put my phone inside of it. I don't know if they have new VRs coming out that actually have them built in already. I know we, I think. We, I know we fucked around with some, but I, I never really had one, you know, laying around that I actively used. But, I mean, even just – uh, like going past the VR in terms of the glasses. I mean, I know that, I mean, I know the glasses and in terms of, you know, with their computers and just to narrow it down, they are paying Microvision for the technology that they a hundred percent use in the Microvision technology. You have parts that specifically say that they are from Microsoft and just to add more fuel to the fire. I mean, a lot of executives, uh, chief designing officers, uh, graphic designing officers, um, engineering officers have left Microvision and then about a month later appear in reports under Microsoft products, under Microsoft uh, reports. And so we, we've seen this trend and even uh, today actually, or sorry, Friday, news came out that one of their board members, Perry Mulligan, had resigned on Friday. and. Yesterday, I was even seeing news that there's rumors that he might just be going right over to Microsoft and continuing the trend that five other other chief employees have been doing. So, I mean, the fires aiming towards a buyout, we really don't have any 100% news. There's just speculation. Um, like Zach said, it, it was below the 50s. It was actually at 15 cents was the lowest it had been. 
and then just absolutely shot to a dollar and sixty four cents. So God bless you if you were in it. Um, and now it dropped down, but like Zach said, it hasn't reached any lower than you know sixty five cents. And now it's trading comfortably around ninety seven a dollar range. So for me, I would say keep an eye on this, wait for the news, and when that news comes, get in and hold on tight because. If Microsoft is interested and is tired of paying out these patents, I'm pretty sure they'd be have they'd have no problem dishing out a few million to buy out Microvision and just own that technology. Yeah, and and one more point there is that unfortunately the thing with buyouts is is so many people are on the alert for them. Usually, usually by the time you even see the news come out on the buyout, it's already up to what they bought them out for. So, I mean, the, the, the best case scenario of someone that's listening to this really is confident in this company is just throw a little bit in that you are willing to lose. And it could double or triple, definitely, overnight if, if the merger happens or if the buyout actually does happen. So, do we got one more for them to uh, send them off on this week? Yeah, I think I do. I, I, there's this one company, Genmark Diagnostics. They actually deal with diagnostic software for testing for the coronavirus. What is the ticket symbol? G-N-M-K. G-N-M-K. Yes, sir. And, and I think the only reason why I'm really interested in this one for this upcoming week is because they practically just hit their support at around 970. To nine, I mean, it's at 975 right now in their upside. I mean, they were at 13. So there's definitely potential upside here for them. And I, what I've noticed about these diagnostic companies, I mean, I, I bought into this one, CODX, co-diagnostics, co right when this coronavirus stuff started happening at $5.91 a share. And I think two weeks ago, it hit $30 a share. So, I mean, what I've seen with these diagnostic companies is just practically unrivaled momentum, especially in the beginning stages of coronavirus. But I definitely will let you know that if it does drop significantly lower than that 970 level, then it might continue the drop down. But tomorrow morning, if it if I wake up tomorrow and it and it's not that low, and it's sitting around the 980s, I'm probably going to throw myself in just a little bit deep, just so. I mean, there's just so much upside potential there. What if you could, uh, what if we see it is lower? What if we wake up and it's at seven? What what do you recommend? I, I recommend to just watch it then because I, I mean if it bounces off support then that's my validation to hop in and that there's an uptrend coming but if it if it falls through the current support level then there's another thing coming and you might as well just watch it one thing you to do guys what I mean if you're listening if you're just getting new into trading if you're just getting new into investing one thing you never 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 want to do is get on a slope that's way too fucking slippery because yeah. you get once you start going down you know it's really really difficult to see yourself back up and that's where that that's where your mind starts racing and it, you start thinking to get out wait for a good entry point that's you know if we can give you guys a tip you know in this first episode um and those that are new to investing because we know a lot of people around our community that just want to start you know getting into investing a lot of people our age that you know, don't really have much experience that kind of want to, you know, dip their toe in, wait for a good entry point. That's could be, 
one of the best news I can give you, and me and Zach will probably tell you that in both of our experience, we've just absolutely shit the bed because we're, you know, we're over anxious. We hop in in a really bad entry point, and we see ourselves losing money like this right in front of our face. Wait for a good entry point. Wait for a point where you're like, okay, this is the time to get in, and then get in it. There's really no rush. I mean, just keep your eye on it. And if you don't have, and if you don't feel like you have anything to trade on that day, there's no reason to throw your money away. And there'll I, be one the next day for sure. Yeah, so. there's there's always something around the corner. So just for for any of these stocks that we've given you guys today, wait for a good entry point. And just to add on to that, Zach, I see a news here that uh, on five eleven. They actually just closed a uh, public offering. Did you know about that? Jedmark? Yeah, they closed an $80 million public offering of common stock. Yeah, see, that's big because that helps a lot on their operating expenses, which will actually raise their EPS because they just practically got handed $80 million to spend on their operating expenses. So all the money that they're going to be bringing in from their diagnostic software and their diagnostic tests is going to be practically straight revenue straight net profit yeah which is huge so to explain that a little bit to to you know the people that you know that didn't study fine aren't studying finance like us when a stock offers uh does a public offering like that and offers common stock that's a way for them to get liquid cash when they're offering stocks that's a way for them to get money like that to gain capital to kind of offset those operating expenses and increase their assets to have nice revenue at the end of the quarter. And that's why Zach's saying to increase their EPS. Just one. Yeah, and especially with them, because I mean, if you look at their recent earnings, I mean, quarter two, 2019, they're around negative 0.23. Then quarter three, 2019, they rise a little bit. Quarter four, 2019, they rise a little bit more. And then quarter one in 2020 this year, they were around negative 0.1. So negative 10 cents a share, which is, right on the the cusp of breaking even and when companies break even there's lots of upside potential because people start to hop in and that's a a catalyst on its own is if a company's actually going to become profitable in the next few coming months was the uh earnings for quarter one 2020 negative it looks like 0.10 i'm seeing here on thinkorswim i'm seeing estimated was negative 0.163 0.163 and actual was negative 0.04. Oh, wow. Yeah, then Robin has got me fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you got you to gotta check the think or swim or you got to check your local uh, Google or uh, whatever. Yeah, I, I use Robinhood sometimes just for the visuality of it. It's a lot more visually pleasing to see the earnings charted one after the other. You can kind of see the trend in their earnings projections, but definitely as far as accuracy goes you're going to want to go to a, a nice brokerage like think td ameritrade's thinkorswim because there's a lot more gadgets a lot more tools you can you can almost make yourself a better trader just off the tools they have alone or even use uh you know yahoo finance if you don't have td ameritrade and if you're just starting out on Robinhood, which is you know a very easy and functional website to use yahoo finance is a great tool you can find any stock on there and it'll give you super accurate um earnings like i'm just double checking here is that because i didn't want to overstate or you know say some some something wrong but um their eps let's see i'm just making sure that i was right here yeah it looks like i'm right here about point zero or negative point zero four yeah perfect and then which is even better than what i said at negative point one 
now you're looking at it, they're 0 0.06 even closer to being breaking even, which is which is huge. You want to see companies turn from not being profitable to profitable, profitable, because that's when you know that their business strategies are really working, which puts a lot more faith into a stockholder's heart. And they started reaching a, you know, they started uh, popping off at the end of March. They were at a low of uh, $3.44 and pretty much teared up April, started tearing up the beginning of May and reached a high of $13.17. And as Zach said, it's now sitting comfortably. Uh, obviously, you know, going to come down the mountain at $9.75. So for this, definitely keep an eye on it. Um, find the good entry point and make that money if you can. Very true. Very true. Hey, right, brother. Well, I appreciate it. I hope people are getting something out of this. Uh, you know, this is the first episode. Just to let you guys know, we are probably going to be coming out with an episode of these um, every Monday. We're going to try to shoot for if, uh, if you know, no inconvenience come up. Uh, estimated time, probably going to be recording from 8.30 to 9.00 just because those are the good hours to look for news, see any trends before the market actually opens at the start of the week. And then I'm, I'm personally going to be doing the post-production and, you know, making sure everything is all set with the audio and everything sounds good and just putting it out there straight away. And you guys should have it before 930. So those of you that want to listen, get your quick news in and, and uh, make some plays, that'll happen for you. But uh, yeah, tune in every single Monday, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, and hopefully soon coming on YouTube. Bro, I appreciate it. And uh, next week, we'll check back in, and we'll see uh, these five stocks that we gave you guys, which one was a bang and which one was a bust. Yep. I yeah, appreciate you having me on here, bro. It was a pleasure. Yep. All right. I'll see you guys. Peace.